0: Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse is hitting theaters this weekend. Can it do whatever a sequel can? I'll tell you right now. Hello, everybody, and welcome to my review of Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, which is the sequel to Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. It's hard to believe it's been almost five years since that movie opened. It's my own personal favorite Spider-Man film when I did the ranking here on the channel, and it was one of those great Hollywood success stories. It opened okay, but then word of mouth got out. It actually ended up doing pretty well at the box office, and then went from the underdog to the favorite to win the Academy Award for Best Animated Film. It's so cool, and I love the story of that first movie. There's been some changeover though on the creative side. Co-writer Phil Lord returns, this time writing with his producing partner, Chris Miller, and Shang-Chi writer, Dave Callaham. The original directing trio has also been replaced by Avatar The Last Airbender and Legend of Korra director, Joaquim Dos Santos, soul director, Kemp Powers, and animation veteran, Justin K. Thompson. Into the Spider-Verse was undeniably lightning in a bottle, and it would be folly to try to recreate that energy. And luckily, Across the Spider-Verse does what the best sequels do. It builds on what came before, it opens up new dimensions and deepens character relationships, and it builds out the multiverse even more than what we saw in the last movie. In every other universe, Gwen Stacy falls for Spider-Man. And in every other universe, It doesn't end well. Like The Empire Strikes Back before it, Across the Spider-Verse understands how to be the middle film in a trilogy. And in case you don't know, and you probably should know going in, Across the Spider-Verse is a part one and part two is on the release schedule for next March. So we're not going to hopefully have to wait too long, but it is not a full story in the sense of you get a resolution to all of the plot things that happen. There is a to be continued that's going to be resolved in the next film. But this is also a movie that understands how to tell a story inside of the larger narrative. And that's what the best middle films and the best trilogies are able to do yes you have one big story but you can also make each film feel complete and unique in its own right Miles Morales, for example, has character growth that is trackable, which means this movie doesn't just feel like a placeholder until they can do what they really wanna do next time. Unfortunately, due to release dates, the Fast and Furious franchise is unable to take notes from this film on how to actually do a movie that doesn't have a complete story from beginning to end as far as the overall arc, but also doesn't make you feel like you've been cheated when the credits roll. There's not a lot of movies that are able to do this kind of storytelling. Across the Spider-Verse is one of the movies that can. Miles is at the core of this film and we learn more about how he's dealt with what happened to him since the first movie and how he came to be the Spider-Man that he is. I don't know if the mythology around Miles was already constructed when they did the first movie, but it fits in seamlessly. And the movie also does this great thing with the character where he has grown off screen in between movies, but we are picking up at a critical moment in Miles' development, both as a person, because don't forget, he's actually just a teenager who's also still in school and still trying to please his parents and figure out what's what he wants to do with his life but also his development as spider-man and this movie picks up basically when those two roads are intersecting shameek moore continues to give the character dimension and while the story is darker this is a middle chapter after all the joy of being spider-man that miles has isn't lost even though we learn that this joy comes with a price Gwen Stacy's Spider-Woman, voiced by Haley Steinfeld, also plays a critical role as she returns to see Miles while also acting in League with a multiversal team of Spider-People, led by Oscar Isaac's Miguel O'Hara, better known as Spider-Man 2099, one of the coolest Spider-Man designs from the 1990s, also given an important function as the de facto guardian of the Spider-Verse. Jason Schwartzman also voices the villain Spot, producing one of the most believable and satisfying villain arcs in a comic movie that i've seen in quite some time tying directly to miles and giving this trilogy even more cohesion jake johnson also returns as peter b parker for some laughs but we also meet a host of new spider-men women and villains every frame of this film is an all-you-can-eat buffet for fans of the Spider-Man franchise in all of its different iterations. And the table is set in this third movie for some really mouthwatering possibilities when we talk about combinations of different Spider-verses that can be thrown together. Spider-Man generally works as a property because its custodians, both on page and on screen, filmmakers from Sam Raimi on, have treated the character with respect and have treated the themes of Spider-Man with respect. Things like loyalty to friends and family being weighed against the responsibility of being a hero, sacrifice, choice, tragedy, these are all woven into the DNA of being Spider-Man. And there's a meta decision that's made that this movie uses to its narrative advantage, which is to take these themes and make it a collective theme when it comes to all spider people across all of the different spider verses, and then to tie that centrally into the plot of the film. I really love what they've done here, where it's not just about the individual here, not just about Miles and what he has sacrificed, not just about Gwen and what she's lost, it's about what everybody with these powers has had to sacrifice in every single universe and riffing on that. And that's what I think keeps these things from growing stale because we are in the same familiar territory when it comes to a lot of the conflicts and the themes, but it's used in such a unique way in this film that it feels so fresh and vibrant. Another thing that keeps the movie fresh is the animation, which is somehow even more impressive than what we saw last time. Somehow this movie is only reporting a budget around $100 million, which is marginally higher than the last film, only about $10 million or so, but Across the Spider-Verse has some of the most impressive animation that I've seen in a film ever. Each dimension has its own style. Each character is drawn in unique ways inside of that dimension, and then when they leave, they interact with different other animation styles. Some of the main characters are drawn so differently, and seeing them together, it just keeps things so interesting. I love the creativity behind it, the craft behind it. Just on a technical level, this movie is worth seeing. Also, the style adds to the humor of the film, mixing comic book references, background gags, inside jokes for fans of the franchise across generations on screen, and on the page, they're all up there. Basically, everybody who knows anything about Spider-Man video games, comic books, movies, TV shows, you're gonna be doing the Leonardo DiCaprio meme, the whole movie, because there's so many things to spot, so many surprising things that you didn't even know could be possible in this universe pop up in the film. And its I'm just so happy that the story is good, too, because it's not just a reference thing, where it's like, oh, the movie's great because there's a bunch of references in it. No, the movie is great, And also, there are a bunch of references in it. I tend to not want to get into a lot of hyperbole, but I will say that if Beyond the Spider-Verse, which is the third film that's coming out in March, is as good as this movie and Into the Spider-Verse was, then we could be looking at here one of the best film trilogies of all time. Animation, live action, it doesn't matter. This is a very, very good movie that follows in the footsteps of an amazing first movie. And if you ever wanted to ask people the difference, and people ask me all the time, between an open-ended story that feels unsatisfying and an open-ended story that feels satisfying, then this goes on the very short list of films that I would point them to. I honestly can't find a lot to criticize about this film. I was entertained from beginning to end, although at two hours and 20 minutes, it does feel its length a little bit, especially in the first half, but also it is a middle chapter. So it's gonna be hard to measure the full impact of this film until we get that last piece next year. Too many times part two feels like a studio saying, let's just do part one again, but this is a part two that calls back to part one and effortlessly leads into part three, which makes it a pretty damn good sequel and something that I highly recommend. So if you like the first Spider-Verse movie, if it's something that you maybe didn't see in theaters, but you saw it on Netflix, go see this movie. You're gonna love it. Really what this movie does is take everything that worked in the first film and build on that and really draw these characters out. The Spider-Man name is easy to just cash in on it's something I was afraid that they were going to do with Spider-Man No Way Home they didn't do it with Spider-Man No Way Home they didn't do it here with Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse for a very long time when it came to Sony I was worried about Spider-Man being in bad hands because let's face it right around that 2014 Amazing Spider-Man 2 time and when they're talking about Aunt May uh, spinoffs and Sinister Six spinoffs I really wasn't sure that Spider-Man was in good hands but it turns out that Spider-Man is in the best hands that it has ever been in because we are on a run now of incredible dare I say spectacular Spider-Man films and Across the Spider-Verse is no different so a big recommendation for me on Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse what do you think are you going to be heading into a theater to see it this weekend let me know down in the comments below and as always thank you for watching me here on the channel I'll be breaking down the box office results for this film I think it's going to do really well I'm saying it's actually going to do better than the tracking because I think enthusiasm for this film is going to be off the chart check back here next week for charts with dan where we talk about box office as well as for movie news streaming charts other reviews etc so much going on here on the channel thank you so much for spending part of your day here with me until next time stay safe and i'll see you then bye